0: Remember me?
1: the Mad Max Minute. Though I have to travel far, remember me each time you hear a sad guitar. In Mad Max Fury Road, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 105, which begins with Melita peppering Rictus with a blast from her shotgun, and it ends with the dad grabbing the bag of seeds from inside the rig. Here to wrap up the week with us as we bid a not-so-fond farewell to Immortan Joe are Nathan Porter and Jenny Wrist. Hey guys. Yo. I will freely admit... That I have never seen the movie, Coco. And I'm actually a little surprised that Julia didn't call me out for quoting a movie I haven't seen.
2: I also have not seen it and had no idea what you were quoting. I have seen the movie. It's a good
0: movie. You should see it. And it's on Netflix. But I didn't recognize it as a quote from the movie. I just figured it was a quote from a movie that I had never seen. (laughs) You kind of called yourself out there, Rick. (laughs) Yeah, you would have gotten away with it.
1: I just wanted to let everybody know that I technically did get away with it.
0: That's fine. What does getting away with it mean? Like... That I didn't chastise him. Yep. Do it now. Do it now. Eh. I'll save my energies for when he quotes The Fugitive. Yeah.
1: For when I talk about people Peter Panning off of this dam right here.
0: Nope. Not allowed.
1: Does he Peter Pan off a dam? I can't remember. Because I've never seen the movie.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm not going to clarify that for you.
3: It will forever be a mystery.
0: Because he refuses to see the movie. Just out of spite now. It's a good movie.
2: Definitely done that, Rick.
0: Have have you guys seen The Fugitive?
2: I have not.
3: (laughs) I have also not. (laughs)
0: What? I mean, it's a good movie. Oh my goodness. It's a good movie. She's
3: not going to let us leave
1: until
0: we've sat down and watched The Fugitive.
3: It's okay. She doesn't like watching Pacific Rim with me.
2: It's, what is it?
3: Independence Day with giant robots. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's Independence Day with giant robots. Yeah, but not as good because Independence Day is a really good movie. Yeah, and also Will Smith gets to say, welcome to ARF, and they don't say that in Pacific Rim. (laughs) Because they were on Earth the whole time. Earth.
3: (laughs) Give me that. that.
0: I went and saw Pacific Rim with, like, the guys. Because I just wanted to go out and do something. And they were going to see Pacific Rim. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to see
2: Pacific Rim. And then you were bored for two hours. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate your hesitation before just saying yes. (laughs)
2: Because you want it to be wrong. Like, I wanted to like this, for your sake. But it's just a bad movie. I'm sorry.
3: This is like the people calling out the new Godzilla movie for not having a deep enough story. It's Godzilla. I was like, I'm sorry. Did you walk into
1: the movie where giant monsters fight each other and get upset because there were too many giant monsters fighting each other? This is like the people—I know I'm getting off topic—who walked into Snakes on a Plane, sat down and said, Gosh darn it, there are just too many snakes on this plane, and I don't like the movie. And I'm like, what did you expect? For people that bought a ticket to see the Harrison Ford movie, Cowboys and Aliens, were there cowboys? Yes, there were. Were there aliens? You bet your ass they were. <laughs> that movie delivered on every single promise in the trailer. And if you walk out of Cowboys and Aliens or Snakes on a Plane disappointed, it is your own goddamn fault.
2: Yeah. <laughs> a good
3: point. The movie delivered exactly what it wanted to. Yeah.
1: I saw, like-
2: I saw no rims <laughs> and I saw a very small amount of Pacific. Uh, it was might mostly I just add robot. the and sexism. <laughs> the Fugitive is about a fugitive.
0: Just <laughs> saying <So you, laughs> the you, whole time, the fugitive,
2: whole movie, the whole time.
1: <laughs> okay, if you're judging the quality of a movie based solely on how the title is, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is the best movie in the series of Mad Max movie because you have Mad Max and he goes beyond the Thunderdome.
2: I mean, this also. Current movie that we are discussing, Equally Fury good. Road. The entire time they are on a road and of fury, they are fury. pissed. They off. are mad. <laughs> there is never a point where people are not angry at all. Yeah. So they
3: are very literal with
2: well-made. the title. Even of the these second movies. one, yeah,
1: Mad Max Two: The Road Warrior. It's about Mad Max. It's the second one in the series, <laughs> and he is the road warrior. End of story. What else more do
3: you need? And even the first one, Mad Max. Although movie guy named Max goes mad. <laughs>
1: yeah, but he only goes mad in like the last quarter.
0: Eh, it's
3: fair. That one.
1: Okay, we're on the fence for the first movie.
0: <laughs> no, we're not. It's the best one.
2: <laughs> the titling of the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it should be called like How Max Went Mad yeah. instead of just Max. Max
1: is no good, very bad, rotten day. <laughs>
3: Wow, I can or, paste the whole follow
2: up movie in a different
0: light, right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> like it needs a subtitle.
1: <laughs> why you don't mess with Mel Gibson's family in a movie.
0: <laughs> Another sure. reason,
1: yeah. Like, let's be real being in Mad Max, setting up that type of story, set him up for like so many more of his other movies.
3: It's like, oh, can we do Mad Max, but like, let's make it snow this time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> does there have to be so much sand? <laughs> can there be other things? No, there cannot be other things. All sand, all the time.
1: But you know what there can be? Blasts from a shotgun into a big old dude's head. Because that's how we start off Minute 105, with Melita sitting on the tanker, and she takes a shot at Rictus. Oh, look at that. Oh, it peppers him something good.
2: That is, I mean, that is just like marksman level right there. Some back of
3: neck, some head,
2: and... Mm -hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. and his his lovely backpack rig of air tanks yep
0: and i feel like and correct me if i'm wrong that it's the backpack getting shot that really like catches his attention and really disrupts and things not
2: the headshot like he... Did, does he get shot in the head now that i'm looking oh, yeah. i feel like he got peppered got some, all over his neck and head there's,
0: there's some good
3: post production dots i want to some... believe that Melita was using bird shot
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure.
3: Tiny pellets. Yeah. Given, A, that it does cause damage, but not, like, wholesale destruction. Yeah. And, well, I mean, we'd know if it was a slug.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of several years ago when the Vice President of the United States went quail hunting with his friend and shot his friend in the face.
2: Oh, my God, I totally forgot about that. I yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Wasn't yeah. the Bush administration weird?
2: I, I just...
0: Was that
3: time someone threw a shoe? Yeah. <laughs>
0: better
2: times. <laughs> and we, we thought it would never get any weirder than that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I think that's as
1: political as our podcast. Yeah, will for ever a
2: while, get. I think we thought that administration had like a fight club going on. Like a, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a simpler time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think Rictus initially reacts to being shot in the head. Like he flails around a bit. But what really freaks him out is the fact that his backpack is going. Hogwild, and i love how we get a another shot of melita and she kind of cocks her head to the side like huh i guess that works that's a pretty good shot
0: i mean it wasn't one shot one kill but with bird shot you don't really expect one shot one kill yeah unless you're shooting a bird
3: right just a yeah. solid non from saying, like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do with that.
0: And besides, I like
2: how he, like, turns one way to look at his backpack and then turns the other way yeah. to look at his backpack. Yes! As if he's going to see his back if he turns a <laughs> different way, like a dog chasing its tail. That's exactly what I thought <laughs> of! <laughs> it's like, what's going on? What's, what's going on back there? <laughs> would you say? Intelligence uh, is caps at, like, a ten? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about a and d character sheet, his intelligence is below a ten.
3: I mean, he's clearly effective, but... Yeah. did think this through.
0: I feel like that's the most accurate way we have been able to describe his intelligence. It's something we've kind of been struggling with the whole movie. Yeah. We've used terms like childlike or simple, but that doesn't really do the trick. Mm-mm. He doesn't have the intelligence of a child. He just doesn't have full intelligence. Limited.
2: Yeah. That is what we use to describe adults that just not all quite there with their common sense or... They function, just, but... They function, but you're just like, oh, so you've just... Okay, yep. Limited. That is an yeah. excellent descriptor.
0: Yes. Yeah. We should have had you on sooner. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we would have more insight into
2: Rickness. I, in yeah. I unfortunately have a lot of experiences with limited adults, so I can tell <laughs> you all about that.
1: Just wait. We're gonna have like a phlebotomist on next week. We're gonna be
2: like, "Where were you when Max?" Was oh, being I have back? thoughts about that. that that's I, right. Because you have phlebotomy. I experience. definitely do. And oh, that's I, right. You were talking about I, that. The it's other not day. gonna happen in this minute, but uh, there's so a minute mad. I was irate, and I will have to tell you uh, off. May
0: I propose that after we're done reviewing this minute, we start a new recording, talk about the phlebotomy stuff, and you can like really set us something extra or tack it on the back end. It I might it even it just
1: throw it into that episode. I don't know.
0: Yeah. That episode hasn't aired yet, has the it? The of
3: editing.
1: Yeah. No, the scene that happens after this. Yeah, that's we haven't the one recorded that really yet. made her angry. Yes. Oh,
2: okay. Okay. Yeah. Pissed. Oh, yes.
1: So Max takes advantage of
3: Rictus' frenzied state.
2: Yes. Limited frenzied state. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He flailed and presents Max with an interesting opportunity as the master <laughs> of improvised weaponry that Max is to be like, oh, look, an air tank.
0: Yeah, so I have experience with tanks this size, and my experience is with oxygen tanks, and I don't really know the composition of this tank or what it's meant to hold. But if it is indeed an oxygen tank, they
2: are dense, they are heavy, full or empty does not matter. Now, when they have what looks like a hole in them, and the air is escaping them, does that make them, like, propel? It would give them a certain amount of
0: thrust. Yeah. But that's tanks that have been... Like, pressurized. Uh, Pressurized, like, mechanically. We don't know the capabilities. Can they get up to those kinds of pressures that Mm -hmm. modern oxygen tanks get up to? Well,
3: I would say they can for for one big reason dealing in this post-apocalyptic car world. Something's filling car tires with air. So they clearly have an air compressor system somewhere.
0: Well, we're not so sure about that. We saw a tire get ripped open and had a steel frame underneath. Really? And yes. the tire did not I deflate.
2: Do that.
3: Was it a large
0: tire? It yes. was. It was one of the front-ish tires on the rig. Okay. I remember that, too.
3: So Mack truck tires are different in that they have that framing and stuff like that. Oh,
0: okay, so that's normal for a Mack truck tire.
3: I would think so, that it has those... A steel of, frame. Yeah, but I think, like, a normal tire, they still have air in them to pressurize that system. So I would think that an air compressor is there, because an air compressor ends up being a pretty simple mechanism once you hook an engine up to it. You know, it intakes air pumps it in, same piston system, very much like an engine.
1: Now, I want to direct everybody's focus here to second five in minute 105. There are little plungers at the top of a pipe system that would pull air through the air filters attached to the rig, go down through this little angled joint, and there's a little pump here. That would pump air down into the tank. So It
2: looks like a manual pump, right?
1: So Rictus would have to sit there with his
2: hands behind his head
1: and just pump up
3: and down.
2: Oh, he doesn't do that himself. He has people for that. There is a
3: war bot that comes up and goes, I'm going to pump you up and and (laughs) pumps Rictus up before battle. I like it. That's totally what happens. Yeah. I like it. That definitely
0: leads me, we've kind of gone back and forth about what's in those tanks. The cannula leads me to believe that it is oxygen. Seeing the rig in this way looks like it's just filtered air. Yeah. Mm. Having just filtered air going in via a cannula is not very effective. Filtered air really needs to go in through a mask more like Joe's mask. It's there, a crappy system.
3: I wonder if instead this is a lot more like a sleep apnea mask. Like, it's just that he's not...
2: That's not a sleep apnea mask. Not even close. No. No, he's not, it's not even no, close. It's not There's even like close. It's like a contraction. Ever. You look like space. This you look is, more like Joe. Joe
0: is wearing, literally some of the tubing is sleep apnea tubing. Okay. So Joe is wearing more like a sleep apnea mask, more appropriate for the filtered air that he's breathing. Mm. But Rictus here is wearing a cannula, which is how you administer oxygen.
1: Yeah. Like when you see the old people out on their porch with their air tank and their cigarette, and they're yelling at you because you're driving too fast through the neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. That's they, what they, they, got. they
2: have oxygen. Yeah. yeah. Which
1: yeah. means they are going to blow themselves up. In and what neighborhood? That enti- is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <just> probably southy. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I saw one of those people was in the Departed movie. So,
2: Oh, my God.
3: Permanent association there. Yep.
2: I think I'm the only person on the planet who loves the Boston accent. Like, I love it. I think it's the cutest, I, like, sexiest thing I, on the planet. I wish I had a better one. I love it.
0: I posted on the Minute Maker Facebook page... A while ago, some website did a ranking of the sexiest accents... Mm-hmm. Boston <laughs> came in second. Ah. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> I went to Boston to go to PAX a few years ago and I kept asking how to get somewhere. The officer was like, "You take the stairs." And I was like, "Where do I go? Where do, where do I go? You over there, you take the stairs." I didn't know where you I don't those stairs, or those those stairs. Do I, I don't know. Oh, I, I, I just kept asking where the stairs were. It was really fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was single then, sweetie. It's a Okay. Oh, I could ask fine.
1: for the You stairs. can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Porter's going to laugh at you. Porter's going to be going home practicing his accent.
2: Pack oh, no. The cab. no. No, 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 no. Have it yet? Yeah. No, no, no. We have established no accents to try to be sexy for this guy right here. <laughs> it, it is it does not work out. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that? Oh my god, I have to tell you about that off camera. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs>
1: Rejoining After the action of in minute my, 105, whatever. we find Furiosa hanging off the side of the Giga Horse, and we get this lovely little shot of Cheeto cowering behind the door, and we spin over and see Furiosa climbing along the side of the window, just trying to edge closer and closer. And Joe checks his mirrors, and he's like, oh, hey, there's uh someone hanging off the side there. That's that's going to be a problem. But we need to cut back to Rictus and Max, and Max is just... One good hit deserves another. He's just beating Rictus down mercilessly, which, good, if it keeps him from getting up, because Max is able to leave Rictus behind for a little bit to go get onto the Giga Horse. finally.
0: Last minute, we were talking a little bit about how the Furiosa and Max fights are kind of mirroring each other. They're both being beaten up pretty good at the same time, and their fights also start to turn around at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we continue that mirroring. And I love that the mirroring has a goal. The goal is to bring them back together. And that's really mostly on Max's part. He is doing everything he can to get to her. It, like, warms my heart.
3: Because <laughs> Furiosa, she's not really concerned with Max. I mean, she's no? she's in her whole whole world of pain, and she's got her goal in mind. She's doing her thing. And Max is kicking some major butt, but just so he can get to her and help.
2: But I love that she's not looking back for the help.
3: Yeah. Nope, no. she doesn't need it. She's she,
2: going to do this all on her own. She's going to try to do it all on her own. Whether or not he comes and helps her or not is irrelevant. She's no. going to keep going for yeah. it.
1: His main concern is that he knows that she's going to do that, and he knows that she is going to overextend herself, and she's not feeling well. I yeah. think that's what Cheeto said. She's not doing well, and Max is like, okay, she's going to literally kill herself through being over-the-top Furiosa.
0: And I don't think Max has any doubt that she will do it. As we see further on in this minute, he gets there just in time to help pick up the pieces. I think that's kind of what he was going for. She was gonna keep doing her thing. She had her singular vision, and he just wanted to get there
2: at some point. I have some thoughts about what happens after she completes her goal. Okay. But so she's she's going up, she's spidering her way. She really is kind of Spider-Manning in that scene a little bit. Yeah, I definitely have questions about. Literally, how is she doing this? (laughs) How is she accomplishing this?
1: Now, she's just inchworming her way, because she's holding on to that handle, and so she's just kind of, like, squirreling her way closer and closer to the window.
0: Yeah, with the torso strength that she totally has. It's not like
1: she was stabbed or anything.
0: Right, for sure.
1: I don't actually think she's all that much closer. (laughs) 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 Like, looking at second 14, with how far back on the window she is, I don't think she's necessarily any...
2: If anything, farther it's further along. back. Yeah. She's, is she
3: going she's backwards? She's kind of like lower and swung in more, maybe.
1: Yeah. And so, because she's there, Joe is going to lean out the window and try to shoot her, but that is Toast's opportunity to do something useful, grab his arm and pull him all the way back.
3: Which, once again, with his trigger discipline, you'd think this would have gone off by now.
1: Exactly. Right. And so, Max makes it over the rig, lands on the bonnet there, catches himself on the engine, and scrambles back to his feet and meanwhile back in the Giga Horse, joe delivers a mighty smack with the end of that barrel across toast's face and gouges the side of her face
3: yeah, you see some blood fly
2: with that pistol whip yeah julia in this moment it is not cold just like to point out is it well i can oh, still see them yeah but that's just that's just normal like that's natural that's, shape yeah, 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 that's they're just, not a detention they're not yeah it's not cold they're still, <laughs> still distracted. yes Oh, she doesn't like that. Nope. Furiosa does not like her friend getting smushed in the face.
1: Furiosa hates it when they mess with the wives. And so she takes this harpoon, jabs it through the window, knocks the gun out of Joe's hand, and hooks the end of the harpoon on his face mask, dragging him out the window to be eye-to-eye with her. And the only words that she has for him are, Remember me? And in the subtitles... There's a question mark. It's not a statement. Mm-hmm. It's not a play on the whole witness me thing that the war boys do where she's like, oh, when you get a hell, remember me. It's a in your face. Do you remember me? I was one of your Imperators," type of thing. And mm-hmm. now here I am killing you.
2: I don't love this line. Yeah, any thoughts on it? Well, because we have absolutely no backstory between the two of them, I have no idea why he would remember her or have any context of remembering her. So the line doesn't really do anything for me as a viewer because, does he? Does he remember her? I I don't know.
1: I think the big question is, did he ever forget her?
3: I feel like there's a lot of implied backstory between Furiosa and Joe that we, we don't get in this and, you know, hopefully they will make a prequel movie where we get to learn all about where she came from, how she got to be where she is. It takes a lot to be an Imperator, and she is the only female Imperator that we've seen. There's a story there.
2: Oh, yeah. The fact that she admits earlier in the movie that she's tried to escape several times, and this is the only time that it may have worked. Not escaped, but tried to... But also that she's
3: looking for redemption. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's definitely meat to her backstory. Mm -hmm. So this one particular line, it just there's nothing satisfying about it.
1: Joe begins this movie by saying, my Imperator Furiosa, when the wives are taken, he's talking to Miss Giddy and he's like, where did she take them? Like, he's always been thinking of Furiosa throughout this entire movie, either giving her kudos before she goes against him or telling everybody to hunt her down as the movie goes on. And it's like he never forgot her. So I don't understand the whole remember me line.
3: I don't get it.
0: I wish it was a play on the witness me Mm. thing. I would rather it be that. Well,
3: at least it would tie into something there. But right now, it it echoes Hollow because no one thought he had forgot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What if she had said, instead of remember me, she should have said, witness me. In the context of look at me getting the upper hand on you. Because the whole course of the movie has been witness me. I'm going to Valhalla. Joe is the one who lets you into Valhalla. So part of the reason they yell witness me is for the other war boys to see them, but also part of the witness me is so that Joe will see them and recommend them when they get to Valhalla. So if she had said witness me instead of remember me, it would have been a play on that whole do you see me now type of thing.
3: I don't know. I find that mediocre.
2: Ah. He's throwing... Yeah, you're gonna...
0: (laughs) I would have liked that Because when the war boys cry out, witness me, they are crying out. They want to be witnessed by as many people as possible. It boosts their stature. With her in this one-on-one with Joe, if she had said, witness me, it would have been just for him. You, in particular, I want you to see what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is killing you. And whatever she said here was always going to be something personal. Between the two of them. And Jenny's right. We don't know the backstory. We get a little bit from the comics. We know that there is a history. But we don't know enough, and especially just viewers of the movie, which is the vast majority of people just watch the movie. don't read the comics as well. They don't
2: know that backstory. Yeah. So the great thing will be if they do a Furiosa movie and they tie that together and have that line make sense. That would be amazing that if they could really somehow would. set up that movie so that this line somehow makes sense. Yeah, yeah. then it turns it, out to be a callback. Right.
3: But as a singular
0: climactic
3: final line... Yeah.
0: Right. Eh, I think it falls flat.
3: Okay,
1: I will say, I think it's in The Rock where Nick Cage makes some sort of reference to the Elton John song Rocket Man before he launches a rocket into a guy's sternum and like blasts him off to explode. That was pretty bad. This is better than that. But I will say <laughs> yeah. that this is probably not as good as in the movie True Lies, where Arnold Schwarzenegger has the terrorist hanging by the cruise missile and turns to him and says, you're fired. And then he launches the cruise <laughs> missile
3: and blows up the guys in the helicopter. Like, uh,
1: this is not a Schwarzenegger level burn no. before a kill.
3: No. It's supposed to be emotional. And that's what makes it so much more disappointing that it's not.
1: With a line like this, it needs to tie back to the relationship between Joe and Furiosa. And
2: we don't I, know what that is.
1: The general consensus among us is that that's not the case. And it yeah. bums me out.
0: <laughs> In general, throughout the movie, I have found Furiosa to be a very, very, um, very sober, very. Internal, very meditative when she speaks about things that aren't happening right now. When it's not, when she's not talking about strategy or defense or whatnot, when she's talking about her own history, she's very, it's like clipped. It's very like short and abrupt. She keeps things very close. So I would assume that that personality trait is carried over into this, which tells me this has to mean more to her. And it's disappointing that we don't understand that because we want to. Mm-hmm. We want to understand Furiosa. We have been getting to know her in the limited way that she has allowed us to. We want more. We want so much more. And even in this
2: last moment, it's like teased. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's get into the gruesome yeah. part though. So, so, yeah, let's I'm get scared. Close.
1: So Joe, hearing this, roars at her, full on shouting as loud as he can type of thing and through the mask it sounds like some sort of animal roar and he's right up in her face squinting and all that other stuff and furiosa in her mechanical hand just lets go of the cord that's attached to the harpoon and that cord gets sucked up into the tires and we get kool-aid man oh yeah moment where bone and blood and viscera are torn free From Morton Joe's face, exposing the gaping maw where his jaw used to be. And you can see, like, his nose is torn away and his upper lip. I called it on Wednesday an improvised mandibulectomy, which is the removal of one of the mandibles in the jaw.
2: Now, would that kill you? (laughs)
3: I'm also trying to figure out how was this mask that attached to his
1: face?
2: Right? These are questions I have had for 105 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we were talking about it yesterday, we were like, maybe it like went into, like, maybe it was like a trachea thing where it like went in down his throat and somehow had something to do with like into his lungs. Because if that's the case, if it was just like internal and you rip the whole thing out and you're pulling out lung too matter, fast, a bit of tissue it's going like, to detach stuff. well it like it'll yeah oh oh wow look at that freeze frame oh yeah right at yeah. second that's 25 something. that's pretty clear so but, i mean uh, so what we're seeing here these injuries these facial injuries would not necessarily be instantaneously death you're not going to have instantaneous death by just having your face ripped off
3: i mean i'm, I'm I looking, we're looking at the screenshot right now and Rick is. Beautifully grabbed this gore on screen for oh, us, sweet
2: lord. <laughs> um,
3: so his his lower jaw is gone, but uh-huh. it's also torn down his turkey waddly neck. Uh-huh. So it's definitely lending itself, I feel like, to to your my theory down the throat.
2: Yeah, with the way it's to my, split, tra- my trachea. Split theory With His neck open. Yeah, is that his tongue? Yes.
3: Yeah, that's his tongue. That's that's yeah. his tongue right there.
2: Which again would lead to because your tongue would get pushed out of the way if you're pulling up things that go into your throat. So if if he had like a trach tube and it was pulled out too quickly and it yanked out, it would yank out lungs or like it, tissue, it, it, internal things like would things then become that, external things, things that you need to breathe and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's my guess.
3: So that's while, my that's
2: my educated guess. So
3: I have he also a, took his front teeth.
2: I have a
0: question, though. Or well, maybe you never had. How many of these injuries that we are seeing were already there True. that were being covered up by the mask? Uh, True. Specifically, yeah. he is missing a good portion of his nose mm-hmm. and like cheek tissue, mm-hmm. and the front teeth are mm-hmm. gone as well. I'm suspecting that some of that stuff was
2: already there. Otherwise, why would he wear the mask in the first place? Yeah. yeah.
0: Especially if he needed things to be going down his throat yeah. for breathing or feeding. Right. right. Oh, that's the other piece of me feeding. He has facial deformities. Yeah. Then that would
2: explain the level of masking that he was doing. But he was also talking pretty clear.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He has no problem talking.
2: But we don't know what that mask was like on the inside. Exactly. So we don't know what kind of...
3: Darth Vader esque sound captures. I mean, even yeah.
2: like even if he had palate issues like that, which is entirely possible, the mask could have corrected some of that. So that like, say for instance, he was missing a bottom jaw. If he had uh, essentially an implant, that's what that mask was. That would make it so that your tongue had a base to sit on to be able to you know speak clearly.
3: That's, I, I think that's his lower jaw on the lower of his.
2: Oh, the I'm thing not... that the thing that I got ripped off yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Yeah. This,
0: like, oh, just,
3: just looking at some bone and viscera. No worries.
0: It's
2: great.
3: <laughs> yeah. As someone who's seen their own collarbone, I'm good with this. Yeah.
1: Now. While I agree that this injury probably wouldn't kill Joe right out, what I believe it would do would put his body into shock, and Mm. then he would drown in his own blood.
3: That's true. That's fair, because there's nothing to prevent all of that gore and blood from just literally drowning him in his seat.
2: Yeah, he can't swallow with his face like that. That does not lend the ability to swallow.
3: Please tell me this is the cover art you'll post for this episode on Instagram.
1: <laughs> oh, I've already picked the cover art for this episode, and it's specifically the one with Furiosa and Joe eye to eye. I will not be subjecting our Instagram followers to this level of gore. You can do this us. on
2: Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, yeah, we watch the whole thing. Just and it bye-bye takes Furiosa's
3: face. Furiosa's arm, too. Yep. Not her, her good arm.
2: Takes, yeah, her, takes mecha- her mechanical uh,
1: arm. Tears it right off, and the look on her face of,
0: Oh, look, there goes my arm! Yeah. You yeah, I kind of missed the moment where her arm got in a position to be taken.
1: Well, it was gripping the harpoon, so if the harpoon rips off, then the hooks go down and grab the mechanical hand, it would then just take the rest of the arm with it.
0: Okay, so how oh, on yeah. earth did it just not take her with it?
1: Well, it's because the straps were already strained from holding on to... Max. It was connected enough that she could use it, but not connected enough to withstand the forces pulling on it yes, from the Yes, back tires. when
0: she was holding on to Max, we saw one of the leather straps snap. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: So it was not in the best condition going into this fight.
0: No. So I think the same stab that almost killed her helped to save her life.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, she probably would have been pulled off the side of the Horse. it's
3: right. A couple straps down, holding Max, getting stabbed, like, Yeah. yeah. That kind of weakened the whole system.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So she needed a new one anyway. So this is fine. fine. Yeah. This is fine. She
1: needed an excuse to go out and get a new one. (laughs) This is the situation that allowed her to do that. Yeah, definitely. And after all of the action is done, Max finally shows up.
3: Look, he made it. And his face is like the sad puppy who just like,
2: oh. (laughs) More eye acting. Look at him. Wow, those are some. Like, hold on, I got you.
3: Yeah, he, he has this first sad look that he missed out on the action, but then this look of surprise of, oh, wait, you're going to fall on the tire. Let me lend a hand.
1: Yep, and he pulls nope, her didn't. up from the side of the Cadillacs there, and she's like, ah, this is not comfortable for me.
0: <laughs> I love the way he just scoops her up like that. He just reaches down and he saves her, and I love it. It feels so teamy. He couldn't be there to help her do it, because he just couldn't get there. Yeah. But he's going to help now that he's here.
1: The best people lift others up.
2: True story. The so yes. Robin to her Batman.
1: Yep. And so with Joe dead, Toast is very quick to act. She reaches over, grabs the steering wheel, presses on the accelerator. That way the whole thing doesn't go out of control. I don't remember if I brought this up in past episodes. Have I ever mentioned that the backstory for Toast is that she was taken from the wasteland as an adult? Yes. Okay, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that, yeah.
0: So that's why she seems a bit more savvy when it comes to guns and whatnot. Mm.
1: And why she can...
0: Drive a car. Grab yeah, the steering
1: wheel and know which pedal to press. And Because
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> early on with the tanker, I mean, one of the big things was, well, Max or Furiosa can drive, that's it. Sorry. No one else knew how to drive or do anything.
1: Yeah. Toast probably knows how to grab a steering wheel and what pedal to press. That might be the extent of her driving knowledge because when you're out in the wasteland, you might not get an opportunity to go through a whole driver's ed course. You might just (laughs) know what's going on by watching other people do stuff.
0: I do want to note that she has muscle memory because she has gone further into the driver's seat in order to get her right leg to the pedals. Mm. When it would be easier to use her left leg. Mm. But yeah. you try driving with your left foot. Yeah. It's odd. You have no earthly idea where anything is. Right.
1: Do you like driving barefoot though?
0: I do like driving barefoot. I drive barefoot sometimes on my way home from work. Also I drive no, barefoot a lot. Is the Gigawagon
1: an automatic? I don't believe so.
2: But at this point how much shifting are you really doing? Like, but I think the shifter like, get in is fifth, in fifth, stay I, there.
1: I don't think the shifter goes through the floor. I think it. You can see the.
3: No, you see that little
1: silvery thing here at second thirty-three.
3: Okay, but I'm like, where is that on everything? Because I mean, clearly this is a bench seat, and if she's able to scoot over and get on the accelerator,
1: I think there's a box.
3: Oh, it could have been hidden out of frame.
1: Yeah, we're pointing to it on screen. This is great podcast content.
2: (laughs) See how there's a weld
1: over here, and then a box, a dark box that extends up here, and so the gear shifter is going down through this welded box sadly, sadly into the console.
3: Sadly, there's no clutch pedal in the shot for me to tell.
1: Yeah. This is also a massive vehicle made out of two Cadillacs on top of monster truck tires, so I mean...
3: I care about these things. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I appreciate your eye for detail. And so getting back into it, Max flops into the back of the Giga Horse with Furiosa in his lap, and she is so done with all of this. She is tired.
3: She's got nothing left. She gave it all for that moment. And yeah. The tank is empty.
1: And cutting back inside the Giga Horse, Toast turns to Joe and just gives him a disdainful spit in his face cuz she does not like him at all for very obvious reason. And it's at this point 40 seconds into the minute that everything slows way down.
2: I was very happy at this point in the movie.
1: Like the music drops out and everything just I becomes a bit more, a more thrumming. I could
2: breathe, yes. Yeah. It was It was a very like, okay, Yeah. okay.
3: The cars don't okay. feel like they're going as fast.
2: And, and they were. Like nothing actually slowed down, but just... The pacing of the actual movie itself slowed down enough for you to, like, process all of the things that just happened in a very short amount of time. Super essential. Also, oh, uh, so I wanted to tell you, Julia, that, like, when we were talking about them teaming up earlier and how Furiosa was just, like, she had a goal in mind. Like, she had a goal. She had a goal. And her goal was to kill Joe. Like, that's her goal, right? So she gets up and she kills Joe. So at that point, it's not that it was sacrificial, like she wasn't trying to fall off the side of the car, but I think that she would have been okay if she did. So like the fact that Max was able to come in and scoop her up just allows her to like carry on with her story, but I don't feel like she needed to in that moment. So again, that leans on that fact of like, she didn't need Max she would have been totally fine if she had killed Joe and then just been like, whatever, I did my thing. Like, I'm good.
1: Peace out guys, I'm done.
2: Right. So not like, you know, not like I'm I'm going to be like suicidal about all this, but I love that dynamic of teaming and not that dependence on having Max save her for whatever reason. I really liked that a lot.
0: Yeah, do you think that Furiosa could have successfully gotten the wives to the green place that didn't turn out to be the green place without mm-hmm. Max. If Max hadn't stumbled upon them, do you think no. she would have made it to the Vuvolini? No. No, I don't think so.
1: She needed someone else who knew how to fight off the Rock Riders.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I find that. I'm not sure how to feel about that. I, well, it's, 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 it's a hard because bit, it's
2: hypothetical. Like, we yeah, we don't know because all we know bit is that disappointing how it's disappointing because
0: we tout this movie as. It's a story about women who are taking control over their lives and are making things happen. But then you throw Max in there
2: and you're like, oh, well, well, they needed a man to come in and save them. No, 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 no. So that's not what I meant by that. I meant more in the way of like, he did show up. And so therefore, they were able to utilize him in a different way. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. What if, (laughs) what's his name? Nux, he would have been dead without Max. So technically speaking, they would have been at that spot where they're rinsing off and all that jazz. And there wouldn't have been anybody to interrupt that. So they could have rinsed off and done all that jazz and then got back in the car and kept going. So that pit stop that they had with Max wouldn't have existed in the first place if he was there. So it's like, I don't don't know.
1: Yeah. Max's masculinity is not what saves them. No. Because Furiosa would have gotten through the sandstorm. They would have stopped to rinse off and get the dust out of the engine. They would have gone into the canyon. And when they got into the canyon, Joe would have called in his war parties and we would have gotten back into the situation with the Rock Rider chief where he would have been like, "Ah, oh, you said maybe a few pursuit vehicles, but I count all these war parties. And so Furiosa wouldn't have been able to get to the other side of the war rig to avoid the gunpowder, get back up into the rig, do the starting sequence and get out of there in time for her to avoid the Rock Riders and avoid the war party. Max just needed to be a body to get that thing rolling. But
2: now that we know that Toast can drive... Well, like I said, I think she can
1: pantomime the motions of driving. Mm. Like, she knows two things. You turn the steering
3: wheel
2: and you you press
3: on the gas.
1: I
2: think that's all (laughs) you would have needed to know to get out of that situation, though.
3: No, there's all the whole starting mechanism to get the rig going. And not to mention... It is a heavy-duty stick shift with a nitro-powered engine. Yeah. It's a bit more complicated. and
2: air brakes. Yeah. You just said a bunch of stiff. <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: one of the advantages that Toast has in this situation is that the Giga Horse is already moving. Right. And at speed, she doesn't have to worry about shifting or changing anything. She can just maintain.
0: Right. And as far as she were responsible for stopping it, which I can't remember what happens, all you got to do... Is hit on that brake and you're gonna stall the engine if you don't push in the clutch. Well, then you got a dead engine and you just coast to a stop. Keep it under control mm-hmm. and eventually you'll stop.
1: I don't think that Furiosa necessarily needed Max specifically. I think what Furiosa needed was more people. Correct. To make, like, teamwork makes the dream work is the secondary theme of this movie. Right
2: kind of is, though. Like, and, and like you said, it's not the masculinity. It could have been uh, one of the members of the, uh, the, the grandma ladies, because yeah. I can't remember the real names of things. But yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been, yeah, any gender, any person who knows how to drive a truck. Mm-hmm. She needed a truck driver. <laughs> and that's definitely what she got.
0: Max has a brand of emo about him. That has been running these movies since the beginning. The level of heartache that he has experienced, the loss and the tragedy, has turned him to a very specific type of person.
1: He's got those feels.
0: He does. And he also has skills. So I think they needed both of those things.
1: And let's just say that Furiosa had gotten through the canyon, through the night bog, because the bog at night, having Nux there, turned out to be... Very helpful, because he came up with the idea of wrapping the line around the tree. They weren't doing that before he suggested it. And I'm not saying that no one would have come up with it, but having three people that were able to troubleshoot their way through that situation, especially with Max being all like, I'm just going to go kill the bullet farmer real quick. If I'm not back in a while, you guys just keep going. Like, that was incredibly useful to them. Mm -hmm. But if they had gotten through all of that with just Furiosa and, we'll say, all five wives would have made it in this situation, they would have hopped on those bikes, loaded up as much supplies as they could, and just gone off into the salt. Mm -hmm. And who's to say what would have happened after that?
3: One of the interesting trends in all of these movies is kind of how Max comes up against people that might not necessarily be as capable as him in The Wasteland. And the fun part about this movie is he finally got to meet up with people that are just as capable, or if not more capable than him, in the wasteland. And that's what really, I think, gave them that awesome dynamic, was like, finally Max had someone he didn't feel like that he could, you know, pull the wall over on, or they were, you know, pacifists, or...
2: Well, she could also hold her own, so he wasn't constantly having to save her, because... She was Looking
3: back at the last chicken. couple movies, what did Max end up doing is... Babysitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this time, he didn't have to do that, and it was great.
1: So, getting back into the minute, we see Cheeto pop up on the back of the Giga Horse, and she informs everybody in the war rig that, quote, he's dead, and I repeat, he's dead. Is he? Oh, he's dead.
2: I mean, like, right now, has he already achieved death?
1: I mean, he'll be still dead in moment. the
2: moment. I'm surprised that they don't just open the door and just kind of shove him out.
1: Well, they've got to save him for the object lesson later.
2: Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. His, if, that's necessary. Right. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> necessary.
1: you got to have a flair for the dramatic. Right. Right.
2: Right. Incredible,
3: edible dictator.
1: The expression that we get from the people in the war rig, is the dag nothing. is... Space cadet? Just wide-eyed space cadet. Capable seems to have it slowly dawning on her that, oh, wow, and then Nux is like, oh, wow, okay, I saw my god-king fail yesterday, or the day before, or whatever it was. Now the guy that I worshipped for all of my life is now dead just like any other mortal man? Wow, that's craziness.
3: have to rethink a little bit of his ideology right there.
1: Yeah, he needs to go home and rethink his life. He needs to stop selling death sticks in a Coruscant cantina.
0: At least I know you've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this really was like the final step of his evolution. Yes. I think that allows what's going to happen down the road.
2: Ooh.
1: So, solid pun there. Jillian wastes zero time in getting a move on. She climbs out the side of the war rig and the DAG climbs out the top because they realize that it would be better for them to get off of the war rig and into the Giga Horse. And just leave everybody else behind, as opposed to trying to get both vehicles out of there. Plus, the whole idea was to detach the tanker and block off the pass anyway. So, if they can just take the nice vehicle and wreck the old one, like have Nux do some crazy pedal work or something like that, awesome. Great. Do that.
3: One of those times where putting all the eggs in one basket is a good call.
1: Yeah. Speaking of eggs and baskets, the egg turns around and reaches down through the moonroof because there is a bag of seeds that she should hold on to, because it pretty much represents hope for the future. I think that's the metaphorical reason for us carting it around.
3: I mean, it's kind of why they were going back to this place anyways, so they could go and use the water and the fertile soil to grow crops. That's mm-hmm. that's why they decided to make this helter-skelter run back to the Citadel.
2: Well, I think it's also like those two had a connection. And it was, you know, they had that conversation about like, these are the things that I hold on to. So I think she kind of grabbed it as kind of a a way to give some homage to Grandma Lady. (laughs) Yeah, the Keeper
1: of the Seeds. (laughs) Yes,
2: so it was just like, hey, you're not coming with us, but you are at the same time.
1: And there's a lovely moment that we don't get to see in this minute, but it will be like first thing on Monday where the Dag will stop and she'll put her hand on the windshield to just say goodbye to the keeper of the seeds before she completely abandons ship but it's nice that the dag found something else to be her thing before they met the vuvalini the dag was just the mouthy one who had all the snide comments and mean things to say
3: hey, she was the master of slang out of the group
1: yeah she was throwing shade like no one's business and as soon as she met the keeper of the seeds her demeanor changed she got a new outlook on things. Dude. She was all like, oh, this baby inside me is going to be Warlord Jr., going to be so ugly. And the Keeper of the Seeds like, well, it could be a girl. And the Dag is just like, <laughs> didn't even think of that before. Mind blow.
3: She got given a little bit of hope.
1: Yeah. And that pretty much brings us to the end of Minute 105 and this week in general. Porter, Jenny, is there anything you want people to check out on like the internet or anything like that? Anything you would plug
2: I'm just a simple white girl. I just have Instagram where I take pictures of my makeup. It's really not that interesting. <laughs> but um, but Nate's really cool. The tagline is, I make stuff and I get tattoos. So his Insta is the stuff he makes and the tattoos he gets. So that's pretty cool. You should check that out.
3: It's a solid description of what I do. Yeah, if you he
2: delivers on this premise. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I was going to say, I uh, match the title, match the tagline. It's at NR Porter. If you want to see some of the stuff I'm crafting in my woodshop or Tattoos I'm getting at Darkmark Tattoo down in King New Hampshire. Oh yeah, nice plug. What's the Instagram for the tattoo artist that you have? Uh, I go to a lot of different tattoo artists down there, but the shop can be followed at Darkmark Tattoo. If you want to check out what they're doing.
1: Excellent. What else? It was Dark Omens on no. Amazon. They good don't omens, good, good omens. Good omens. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they don't need our help, but hey, hey so good. you recommend someone
3: wants, it. <laughs> if someone wants to make a minute of that, I think we've a lot of fun just talking about David Tennant for several episodes my <laughs> machine, so worth checking out
1: as for us we will be coming back on Monday when the Vuvellini and the wives get onto the Giga Horse. Rictus will return to wreak more havoc and Nux is going to get hit with the realization that he probably won't be getting out of this chase in quite the same way that everybody else is the Mad Max Minute podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham.
0: The Mad Max franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers.
1: Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's DSEA by Daniel Bautista of DanielBautista.com.
0: Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for MadMaxMinute, and join our Facebook listener group, MadMaxMinute Beyond Microphone.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com, where you can see what's in our tea Public store, join our Patreon, or even donate to the show to help us keep the tanks full.
0: Thank you for joining us for Minute 105 of Fury Road. We'll see you next time.